0: Hi, UCSC, and welcome back to the Slugcast. This is Sharon, and I am currently recording in my mom's closet because the power is out in my house. You've gotta love living in California. Okay. But I'm not gonna lie, I'm super jealous of all of my friends who are already on summer break like the ones who went to school outside of California. But then it's also strange to think about how my first year of college is almost done because I spent the whole time in my bedroom. It's definitely been an interesting experience becoming a part of a community virtually. Honestly, making these podcasts have really helped me learn a lot about the community that I'm now a part of, but away from. I hope they did the same for y'all. The good news is that I'm moving to Santa Cruz for fall quarter because it looks like fall quarter is going to open up and so that seems really fun for all of us. I'm super excited. I think it's nice becoming educated on the community that I'm going to be a part of with that. So today, we are returning to learn about some more Asian American and Pacific Islander history now in our last two episodes of this series which i made with my amazing fellow podcaster diego we noticed that they were very asian american centered So I'm dedicating this episode to Pacific Islanders because they need some representation too. Looking at the statistics of the undergraduate students, only 0.3% identify as Pacific Islander, which means only about 54 undergraduate students here at UCSC. I thought it would be nice to start by talking about some Pacific Islander history here in the Santa Cruz area. Now there's this really good article released on UCSC's website's news center entitled Preserving the Legacy of Watsonville's First Filipino Immigrants, which was released on May 4th of this year, 2021. I'll link it in the description if you're interested in learning more. Anyway, UCSC faculty from the Humanities, Social Sciences, and Arts Division partnered with Filipino leaders in Watsonville to create an oral history archive and digital exhibition which will be located at McHenry Library. The aim of this digital library is to preserve and recognize the history of the first wave of Filipino immigrants who came to California's coast in the 1920s and 1930s, known as the Minong Generation. At the time, women and children were legally barred from coming over because they wanted male laborers here in the USA. So the majority of the Menong generation were young, single males. At the time, racist laws also restricted Filipino men from marrying white women and so this resulted in there being very few children born during that generation. So these few children are now the community elders who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s and in charge of being the last ones with first-hand information on the Menong stories that otherwise would be lost in history. The archive's goal is to preserve this history because there's so little written documentation of what happened during that time in this community. So it's really important to be able to preserve it based off oral history and family stories. Dioscuro or Roy Riccio's parents were both descendants of the local Nong generation. He realized after his parents passed away that this history and these memories could easily be lost forever. What started off as Roy making a small exhibition in a Watsonville library called Watsonville is in our hearts led to Stephen McKay, a UCSC associate professor of sociology, checking it out and eventually creating a partnership with the university. Now a group of UCSC researchers are creating an extensive history archive based on the Watsonville is in our hearts and even creating a K-12 ethnic studies curriculum. The team's goal is to shed light on the contributions made by the Magnog generation, as well as show the constant threats they faced from racial violence. It's important to recognize that this generation arrived around the time of the Great Depression, so they became the scapegoats for the hard economic times which subjugated them to even more racist attacks. Most of the men worked as manual laborers, picking fruits and such. And they were paid wages lower than their fellow white laborers and Mexican laborers. Despite this, many of them would still send money home to their families in the Philippines. One of the worst instances of racial violence was the Watsonville riots. Beginning on January 19, 2030, mobs of up to 500 white people roamed Watsonville, California and the surrounding towns and farms attacking Filipino farmers and their property after Filipino men were seen dancing with white women at a newly opened dance hall. It lasted for five days. Many Filipino men were brutally beaten and one man was even killed. This turn of events was not even surprising because prior to this, community leaders and politicians had been heavily attacking the Filipino community. They ramped up their anti-Filipino rhetoric, calling the farm workers a menace and demanding that Filipino residents be deported so that quote-unquote white people who have inherited this county for themselves and their offsprings could live. It's so important to realize that these events happened in our very community less than 100 years ago. There are still people alive in our community who were alive when it was happening. That's why it's important to educate ourselves on these topics. I think it would be best to next talk about the resources available specifically for Pacific Islander identifying students. Now, obviously there's a perk, the Asian American and Pacific Islander Resource Center here at UCSC. For those of you curious about learning more about APERC, my fellow slugcaster and I, Diego, actually made a podcast on it that is entitled Exploring the Asian American and Pacific Islander Resource Center, and it's the second episode in this podcast series on Asian American and Pacific Islander history, heritage, and resources. APERC was established in 1999 and provides and enhances opportunities for developing leadership, building a strong sense of community on campus, and linking students to community service opportunities. Ultimately, APERC offers education and dialogue on issues affecting Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders towards addressing students' multiple and diverse academic, social, cultural, and other co-curricular needs. Students can also gain leadership experience through the APERC internship, volunteering, and or participating in student programs. Again, if that interests you, you should definitely check out our last podcast on it. In it, we interview Kaz, the director of the center, and Tia, an intern who has played multiple roles in the center. If you're interested in interning for APERC, I'll link the interest form for that in the description of this podcast too, because APERC is looking for interns for the next school year. Another resource is Bayanihan, formerly known as the Filipino Student Organization, or FSA. It's a support organization that promotes unity and empowerment through the awareness of our diverse community. Bayanihan works to promote a greater understanding and appreciation of the Filipino and Filipino-American experience through meetings and events that explore identity, history, and culture. Bayanihan is an organization striving to recognize the vast diversity of our community, to respect all of their people's lived experiences. I linked Bayanihan's Facebook page in the description of this podcast. There's also the Kuya8 Mentorship Program. The Kuya8 Mentorship Program is designed to increase student retention through the student-initiated and student-led mentorship program. It's a big brother, big sister, older sibling type of program. Applications for students to become a Kuya8 or adding are released at the beginning of every fall quarter. I've also linked their Facebook page in the description in case that's something that interests you. Another cool organization is the Pong Kakaisa Dance Troupe. The Pangkakaisa Dance Troupe, which is also known as PDT, performs traditional folk dances from the many islands of the Philippines. From joining, not only would you learn the dances that you've seen in videos, festivals, and cultural events, but learn the history and context in which these dances originate from. I think this is a really cool way to I think this is really cool because it's just a way to keep, you know, the culture alive and just, you know, immerse yourself in the culture and really understand how it's living and breathing and ways you can respect that. Again, their website is also linked in the description. Lastly, I wanted to add in that there are a lot of specifically Asian American and Pacific Islander queer resources available. Now, although these are not campus specific resources, they're still regional and nationally available. For example, just to like quickly shoot these off, there is the Asian Pacific Islander queer women and trans community, Or APIQWTC. APIQWTC provides for Asian and Pacific Islander queer women and transgender people to socialize, network, build community, and engage in intergenerational organizing and increase community visibility. There also is the South Bay Queer and Asian, or SBQA, who's a social and support organization. Their mission is to provide a fun and safe environment for queer Asians and Pacific Islanders in the South Bay to come out and be comfortable with their sexual identities and ethnicities, as well as be vital and visible to the greater community. Then there's the Asian and Pacific Islander Family Pride. The mission of the Asian and Pacific Islander Family Pride is to end the isolation of Asian and Pacific Islander families with lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender members through support, education, and dialogue. Asian Pacific Gay and Friends is a non social and educational group established for gay Asians and friends who share an interest in Asian culture and experiences. APGF's primary purpose is to provide a supportive environment where the interaction between members is enjoyable, safe, and enriching. Lastly, there's also National Queer Asian and Pacific Islander Alliance. The National Queer Asian Pacific Islander Alliance is a federation of LGBTQ, Asian Americans, South Asians, Southeast Asians, and Pacific Islander organizations. NQAPIA seeks to build the capacity of local LGBT plus AAPI organizations, invigorate grassroots organizing, develop leadership, and challenge homophobia, racism, and anti-immigrant bias. The link to the website that contains all these resources is in the description box. That's all I have for you today. I hope the end of your quarter is going exactly as you dreamed it would be. Also, I know that Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month is officially over but I hope that you guys enjoyed this series and like I said before, you shouldn't just look to learn this history one month out of the year. You should learn to learn it all year long. And as someone who identifies as Asian American, I can tell you that I'm so glad that all these resources exist on campus that people can learn about history and culture and just respect one another. Enjoy your summer break kids. This is Sharon signing off of Slugcast for the day.